Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. It was a dark night. Rachel wasn't home. I remember I woke in the middle of the night and walked out to the cupboard. I remember I had Sour Patch Kids in the cupboard. And when I opened up the cabinet, they weren't there. Where were my Sour Patch Kids? I must have eaten them all before. It was horrifying. Hello and welcome to a very spooky edition of Spiritual Shit. This is being recorded in the Southwest Terminal of the KCI International Airport. (laughs) It is four in the morning and I'm getting ready to take a flight to New York City um, to do some Halloween-y stuff there and uh, take care of some other business. So uh, I wanted to have a fun time with being able to tell you guys some of my spooky stories as well as a few of our listeners spooky stories and uh, I'll start off with my most notable one when I was about 10 I was at home getting ready to go to bed with my sisters and my mom and dad used to do this kind of countdown where they would go okay 10 nine and we'd like scurry across the floor trying to get to our bed and act like we were asleep so they did the countdown and we all ran to our room as normal and got in my bed and um, if you could picture my room in a rectangle I my bed was on the back right corner my sister's bunk bed was on the left right corner and sorry the left (laughs) back corner and the the front left was where the door was and so my sister got out of her bed and she went to the 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 bathroom and she says I have to go to the bathroom I have to go to the bathroom so she opens the door and um, shortly after she opens the door I see my mom's head peek you know inside of the the doorway and I'm like oh you know she's she's coming and she opens the door really slowly and she walks in the room as if she's a bit like um, like a marionette. She's kind of walking kind of funny. And I remember thinking, like, I can't hear her feet. That's really bizarre. Um, so she walks up to the bed. And I'm trying to play along because I'm thinking, like, she's just trying to scare me. I'm not going to I'm not going to act scared. I'm going to be a big girl. And um, and she just stands over my bed for a long ass time to the point where I started to feel really scared and I was like why is she doing this you know whatever but I didn't scream I didn't say anything I just 
put my covers over my head. And when I did that, she lowered her face to my, to my face through the covers and just breathed on my face for a long time. And I was like, can't really breathe super hot under here. <laughs> um, you know, I started praying. I was like, please make her go away. Please make her go away. And I don't know why I didn't yell or I didn't think to like call for my dad or anything, but I didn't want her to get the satisfaction of scaring me. Um, which they often did. My parents were kind of prank pranksters. And so if they were like, boo, you know, and we would scurry or, or jump even, it's like, ah, ha, ha, I got you. So I didn't want the, <laughs> to have the satisfaction. So anyway, um, so she turns around. I can feel the hot breath come off of my face. I pull my, my covers off my face and I watch her walk away in the same manner that she walked in. And then she turns around really fast and then slams the door. So... I was like, that is, that is just excessive mom, you know, like I'm pissed. And my sisters heard the door slam too. And they were like, what was that? And I was like, mom was in here trying to scare us and this and that. And I was like, Krista, didn't you see her come in when you came from the bathroom? And she said, no. And I was like, huh, okay. And I remember looking up and seeing that the time looked like it was maybe an hour, like she'd been standing there for an hour. And I was like, oh, that's really crazy. So anyway, the next morning I get up go to my dad and I'm like dad mom was in our room last night and she was playing with the door and she was this and that and they were like no you guys were up playing with that door we were getting ready to come in there and um you guys were about to get in trouble and I was like no we weren't messing with the door someone was in the room so when I told my parents about what happened my mom was like I swear to her when I was not in that room I was not in there um so they looked at the security cameras to make sure no one was in the house and after after everything was said and done um, my dad ends up coming to me and saying, Hey, I know, I know what you're, you're seeing. And essentially shared with me that he also has this ability to see those people. So, um, which segues then when I, when I got older, much older, um, I stayed at my parents' house and staying the night there, I think after I came back from a trip from New York or something. So I was staying with them. And I was in one of the rooms and um, it was maybe three o'clock or so at night and I woke up in the middle of the night. So I got up and went to the bathroom. So I opened the door and I saw a little boy with the basketball standing close to the bathroom down the hallway. And I thought it was one of my brothers. I have a, um, some really young um, adopted brothers. And so I was like, Levi, what are you doing up? And he didn't say anything. He just walked into the bathroom. So I walked over to the bathroom uh, to see what, what he was doing and no one was in there and I was like shit it's one of those things again <laughs> um, so I went back to um, the room and shut and locked the door because I was like I'm really creeped out right now and I could hear the sound of what like sounded like little feet and a basketball come to the door and then the doorknob turn pop the lock and then open the door and at this point, I've had enough experiences with that type of stuff not to get super freaked out. But I told him, hey, I don't <laughs> leave me alone. I want to go to sleep. And um, and yeah, the door just stayed open. And so I was like, OK, I'm going to close this again. But I hope he's not in here. And when I got up the next morning, I went to tell my mom and said, hey, like, you know, that there's something. She's like, no, 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 no. Go talk to your father. <laughs> She didn't want to hear about it. She was like, I'm going to spook me in my house. Um, so I asked him about it. And I was like, yeah, I saw a little boy with like a basketball. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I see him. 
and acted like it was no big deal. And I was like, do you want to talk about that? And he's like, no. So, <laughs> um, so that's like off the top of my head what I have. But I wanted to also include some of our listeners and their experiences. Hey, um, so my story isn't super spooky. I think it's more lighthearted and spiritual. So when I was about 10 years old, I had a friend sleep over at my house. And in the middle of the night, I woke up to her having a full-on conversation, except it was one-sided. Like, she would say something, wait for an answer, and then talk again. And so I asked her who she was talking to, and she said, word for word, the guy that's standing in front of us. And I told her that there was no one in the room, and I was already super creeped out at this point because it was so late, and, like, no man lives in my house. But she was totally convinced that there was a man in the room talking to her. So I asked her to go to sleep since it was so late, and that we would talk about it the next morning. So when morning came, I asked her again who she was talking to the night before, and she said there was a nice man that came over to where we were and started talking to her. I told her there are no men living in this house, and she points to a photo that she saw on the wall, and she says, That's him, that's who I was talking to. And it turns out it was my great-grandpa who had died years ago, who I also think is my mom's spirit guide and or guardian angel because months later she miraculously survived um unscathed in a really bad car accident and then he had visited her in her dream saying it wasn't her time to go yet and there's also been like other instances where his spirit was still in our house or like around our family so i feel like he he's just like protecting us but i don't know why he would show up and talk to my friend but anyway that's my story Hope you liked it. All right. So this story dates from, I want to say, 15 years already, which is nuts. But um, I was with my boyfriend at the time, and um, we were coming back from the movie theater. And um, at that point, I was still living at my parents' house. And so uh, the shortcut to get from the cinema, the theater, to my parents' house uh, was through a ravine. So mind you, this is like, I think it's a summer night, if I'm not mistaken. It's pretty dark out. So it must be uh, 11 o'clock. So it must be after the 9 p.m. showing. And we're walking up this ravine and um, they had um, all these houses that were built in the woods and um, the backyard gave onto um, this patch of sand. Um, and so we were walking up hand in hand and then I compelled to look uh towards one of the houses i don't know why so like i was saying i'm compelled to look to my right and then um into this backyard and all i see uh, is this little girl standing with her back to us facing her house back of her house but mind you this is 11 p.m at night and this little girl she must have been between five and seven is just like standing there just (laughs) talking about it I'm getting goosebumps she's just standing there in the dark at night in her backyard staring at the house not even like looking up just like looking straight at the house and I mean like she was in a timeout but this is 11 p.m at night um yeah it was just still 15 years later still gives me still gives me goosebumps it's crazy So for the past five or six years, 
Um, on and off, I've had um, an entity or an energy visit me while I'm sleeping. It usually looks like a silhouette figure, all black, um, and most of the time it feels like a masculine energy and it doesn't really stand too close to me. It doesn't try to communicate with me um, and the energy feels neutral, it doesn't feel threatening at all. Um, the only time that I remember feeling a feminine energy or entity, um, it or she was standing right by my bed next to my ear and she called my name and I answered audibly in my sleep and um, then I woke up because it dawned on me that I live alone and that I was home alone at that particular time. Okay, so here's my story quite briefly. I was sleeping at my mother's farm. It's in a small little town out in Missouri. And I uh, was on the verge of falling asleep. And all of a sudden, I felt this kind of sucking, intense energy vortex kind of swim over me. I thought almost that I was in a nightmare or a lucid dream of sorts. And um, this presence was over me. And something inside me said, go away, Tom go away Thompson is what I said and he's disappeared next morning I told my father-in-law or my stepfather more over about it and I said weirdest thing I had this dream the spirit came over me I, I called him Thompson and he stopped dead in his tracks looked at me and said Thompson how did you know that name Wallace Thompson's family used to live here for over a hundred years okay that's crazy Let's take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. And we're back. So I'd like to tell you a few stories about my grandmother who visits me pretty often. When she died, I was in the hospital room waiting um, for her to, well, we were all waiting for her to pass away. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, and I couldn't, never wanted to say it to her personally, but I was like, just come back and tell me what happens when you die. And I was just really, really tied to her in that way of like wanting to know what was beyond. <clears throat> so she um, visited me in a dream the a couple of nights after she passed away. And what happened was, is I, I came into her house and the, there's some French doors that open up into the living room. So I opened the doors and I came inside and she was laying on what looked like a cot or type of bed and her head was normal size, but her body was really small. And I came up to her and she's like, please come up, come here. Um, you're the only one who I can tell this to right now because you're the most open. So I need to tell you three things. And the first thing, it's a girl. And I was like, okay. And the second thing she told me, um, <clears throat> something to pass along to my sister and my cousin because they were taking her death the hardest. And then she said, the third thing was, um, something, a message that she wanted me to give to my mom, um, which is personal. So I won't reveal it here, but, um, the message was very, very spot on to something my mom was dealing with about them the two of them um and then in the dream um the french doors opened up like a 
kind of like a portal or a bus station or subway or something. And a lot of people started flushing through her living room into what looked like a vortex below her that was opening up kind of like a stairway or something like that. It looked like a swirling pool. And so um, these two really tall men came and picked up her cot and she starts, she's like, okay, I'm out of time. I have to go. And then she grabs my hand and she says, wait about your question. Um, it's not like they say it's going to be when you, when you die, it's not like how you learned about heaven and hell. Um, it's completely different. But if I tried to tell you right now, you wouldn't understand it, but you're on the right path. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And I looked over to the, the right of me and the clock said 5:51 AM. And that's when I woke up. And so I woke up and I asked my, my ex at the time, I said, what time is it? And he goes, it's 5:51." And I was like, oh, weird. Um, <clears throat> so before she died, she told us, she kind of made a joke and she said, when, when I pass, you'll know it's me. If you see flashing lights around, I'm going to mess with the lights. And she was kind of joking and we're like, Remy, that's not funny. And, but since she's passed away, I've had flashing lights following me everywhere I go. Um, any country, any place, like it's happened at least three times this week where I had some very specific flashing lights. It happens particularly when I'm traveling. Um, <clears throat> I think she just wants to let me know that she's there watching over me, but, um, I'll go into parking lots and the, the, the overhead light will start to flash or street lights always go out and on when I'm underneath them or, um, there's a couple of hotel rooms or hotel buildings that I've been in where I'll start walking down the hall and then one of the lights will start to flash or parking garages or wherever. Um, so I've gotten used to it now and I kind of, I kind of look for it now, but it will always blink in a very particular way where it's like on off on off. It's not like a flicker or like a really fast blinking. It's just like a very steady, consistent type of blinking. Um, so that's my my grandma ghost story. I was staying in Estes Park in Colorado at the Stanley Hotel, which is where Stephen King stayed and conceptualized The Shining. And there were a bunch of paranormal bloggers there and they had spirit boxes and dousing rods. And so we did a little bit of paranormal activity work where we asked the spirit box questions and we were in one of the girls rooms and there was like a like a shopping bag full of water and snacks on her chair that had been there for about three days so it hadn't moved and I watched the bag fly across the room and everybody was like screaming and we were all freaked out so my friend got out her spirit box and we said did you just throw that bag and immediately heard a yes so we were very convinced that this hotel was significantly haunted, which it's known to be. And I'm kind of a skeptic, so it was really interesting for me to experience that. And then we kept talking to the spirit box, and eventually a man's voice came on and said, none of you should be here. So we were like, okay, we're definitely not staying in these rooms by ourselves. And after that, we all literally stayed in rooms with like five other people when we all had our own individual hotel rooms because we were so freaked out. It was literally like the craziest thing. And then we did the dousing rods the next night with a ghost hunter that stayed on the property of the hotel. And 
Um, the dowsing rods also like very much convinced me that there were actual spirits <laughs> in my room. We were in my hotel room and asking, asking the spirits questions and the dowsing rods were moving and we asked the spirit, where are you in this room right now? And both rods pointed to my open closet, which was very pleasant. <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed a few of our spooky stories and that you have a happy and safe Halloween. Um, this is a really fun time when the veil thins and we have a lot closer contact to those who are around us that we can't see. So even if you don't believe in ghosts or anything paranormal, which if you don't, you're probably not listening to the show in the first place, but um, uh, feel free to continue to leave voice messages about your spooky stories as I think I'm going to make a part two of this. I didn't prepare um, much for this because we had some other episodes we were working on and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this very light and fun spooky podcast. Have a happy Halloween. Thank you.